podcast dedicated to catching up with our NYU alumni who served in the role of RA and listening to their journey of life after graduating from New York University. My name is Yui, and I am tonight's host. I'm a junior from Beijing, China, studying computer science and media culture communications, and I am an RA in Gramercy. And I'm Tom Ellett, the other co-host, and I serve as the Senior Associate Vice President of Student Affairs. Welcome, Yui, and I'm glad to have you on the podcast with Thank me. Thank you. Tell me a little bit of what it's like to be an RA in Gramercy Green for upper-class students. Yeah, it has been absolutely amazing. This is my first year being an RA, and I was expecting it to be like really busy, really overwhelming. It is at some point, but it has been a great opportunity to like actually communicate with so many students from different culture backgrounds and feel reliable and people trust you a lot for the things you have been doing and they feel they can rely on you and that feeling is wonderful. That's great that you're helping to cultivate a community as well, doing great programs for them, interacting with them. What kind of clubs and activities have you been involved in at NYU as an undergraduate? For now, I am basically doing a recruiting job. I am a comp science student and I'm looking for summer internships next year. And I have been like involved in clubs like Women in Computer Science, Women in Communications, and luckily I have heard back from a couple of companies that I love a lot, and I'm also interested in the career as a product manager, so I'm really looking forward to tonight's podcast. Excellent, excellent. We have a great guest tonight. Today, our guest is Malia Salim, who served as an RA in Hayden Hall for John Kaslowskis, Katrina Lee, and Chris Dipek. During the 2005 and 2007 academic year, welcome Malia, and thank you so much for being iconic and joining us on tonight's show. It's such a pleasure to having you here. How are you right now, and where are you? I'm good. Thank you for for having me. I am based in London now. I moved over from from New York about um, almost nine years ago, so I live in the UK. Malia, what did you study while you were here at NYU? I majored in politics. And then I double minored in public policy and Spanish. Were you involved in any extracurricular activities when you were studying? It took me a while to to actually decide on a major. So my first few years were spent. I was pretty immersed in, I was pre-med initially. Then I decided to be a pre-law. So I, I, I was very much immersed in, in my studies and in class and coursework and trying to figure out what it is that I wanted to do. So I didn't get much time to spend on extracurricular activities. I did play the violin. So I took a course to just kind of brush up on, on my skills. So that I felt like was a bit of an extracurricular activity for myself. And I took dance class. And then, you know, in, in some ways, I feel like, you know, my last two years spent as an RA, that was a job, obviously. At the same time, I felt like a lot of what I did as part of that we're also kind of like extracurricular activities. But yeah, other than that, I didn't really spend much time doing other things. A lot of people will say that, that it's really the RE experience that the community is really a part of their life. Tell me a little bit about that experience in Hayden, your connections with your residents, and then secondly, your relationships with your co-RAs. I have to say that my relationship with my co-RAs it was instantly the dynamics and how we got along so well. We clicked so well that it felt like a second family, which is really, really comforting. I think with the residents themselves, um, I, I'd say, you know, both years were amazing. The first year as well, I was just so amazed to see that they were able to 
fill that community themselves. I actually, I'd like to take credit for a lot of the relationships and the bonds they actually built amongst themselves. But it was amazing to see how they kind of gravitated towards each other. It was more like organic, if anything. And I felt like that was like another family. And it made the experience all the more memorable because of the people that were involved and the people that I worked with. Yeah, Malia, you mentioned that you had feel this like amazing relationship with both your co-workers and the residents. I noticed that you came back after your first year being an RA. Is there any other reason that this position attracts you to come back after your first year? The skill set that you acquire when you're doing that type of role, it's obviously very, very rewarding when you see the people that live on your floor becoming so close, getting on with one another, because going into college itself can be such a daunting experience, especially for first-year students. But then on top of that, having to live in the city on your own, away from your parents, you're not really in like an isolated environment, like a campus environment. So all of that can be very, very challenging for a lot of people. And I think that that what I loved about the RA community and that that role was that I felt like I was making such an impact, kind of helping people get acclimated to the environment, you know, making sure they were comfortable and that they were enjoying the NYU experience as much as possible. Can you talk a little bit about what it was like to go to NYU? You just referred to it, you know, it's a different kind of campus than the traditional college campus. What did you gain? Did you feel like you lost something by coming to NYU or, or not? Not, not at all, because again, I think that was another benefit of being part of the RA community, because I think when you're in a campus environment, I think one thing that people like to take advantage of are all of the different groups that they can join. Like they might want to, there's like a, maybe traditionally a very huge Greek life, you know, within certain colleges, so people will join that to feel like they're a part of a community. The RA experience gave me that. And I think I wouldn't trade it for the world. Because of that, I don't feel like I lost anything. In fact, I gained more because I think living in the city, you end up getting just kind of more real life experience. It's a more of a raw experience. It's very different and it's not for everybody. But I just love the city so much. And I felt like I learned so much more than I would have done if I had just lived in like a traditional campus environment. Yeah, that was very like beautiful to hear that. And I'm also curious, like talking about the experience at NYU and um, combined with the RA experience, were there any biggest like issues happening on campus when you were an RA in Hayden? I don't recall any big issues when I was an RA. I do remember the first two years, or at least the first year, unfortunately, there were a lot of suicides that were happening the first few months when I first started school. And I remember that being obviously very harrowing experience to learn about some of the issues that people go through. It's a very difficult thing for some people to be away from home and then you don't know what else is kind of going on with them. And so I remember that being kind of like a reality check for me because I'd never dealt with anything or heard anything like that before. And I remember there were being a big focus on mental health and and trying to reach out to people who, you know, might have been a bit troubled just to kind of make sure that they knew that there were resources and there were people that they could go to and talk to. So I remember that being something that stands out for me when when I was a freshman myself. So four years goes by. It sounds like when you were here, you did some really good internships and you certainly found the majors that really worked for you. So you transition out of NYU. Tell us a little bit about that journey, leaving NYU and the choices that you made for your career at that point in time. Because of my journey during college and trying to figure out what my focus was, I think I struggled a little bit when I first graduated to figure out 
what it is that I wanted to do as a career. What I wanted to do first, I, what I needed to do first as an exercise was sit down and figure out, okay, well, what are the types of characteristics I'd look for in a job? What would I enjoy if I were to do it on a day-to-day basis? And one regret I had when I graduated was I looked back in my time in NYU and I felt like I, I didn't spend enough time learning about the financial markets and business. And I felt like I should have exposed myself a little bit more to that field of study. So I thought to myself, well, maybe there are companies out there that will offer roles to people with more of like a, a well-rounded background. They actually value people with different experiences and people who've studied different things. But at the same time, they might want somebody who wants to learn a particularly new field. So I started looking for companies that um, would expose me to the financial world, who would really hire me as someone who was keen on learning something new that I hadn't really, that I wasn't really familiar with. On top of that, I really wanted to work with people. I want, I love working with people. I loved working with people when I was their RA as well, and I wanted to take on more of a consultative role. So I needed something that kind of combined both finance and more of a consultative role. And that's how I started looking for different jobs and different companies based on that. Helpful. Thank you for that. Yeah, thank you, Malia. I'm also curious because we know that you are a product manager at Bloomberg right now. And I'm wondering because the profession as a product manager is not that familiar to many people, but it's a very specified and professional career. And I'm wondering, what's your normal day like at work as a um, product manager? As a product manager, there's a few things that you have to do both from on a, from a tactical perspective and then from a more of a strategic standpoint as well. So the day-to-day, you come in, you check your inbox to see if there are any outstanding questions from the engineers that you're working with. You might need to also prioritize on a, on a regular basis things. What will end up happening is, you know, you are working with engineers who are effectively looking to build and develop things that you have designed. So sometimes there are trade-offs. There's costs associated with everything. Whether that cost translate to time or actual money is a different story. But a lot of times you will get faced with questions around, well, if we do this, this will end up delaying something else. So you're constantly having to work through those types of questions, those types of scenarios. A lot of what I do also is figuring out new feature releases. How can we make sure that the the product that I'm focusing on is continuing to be cutting edge? It's continuing to be a differentiator in the market. What are the problems we're trying to solve for when it comes to customers that we're servicing? How can we make sure that the product continues to add value and help our customers with their day-to-day as well. A lot of my typical day is I come in, I'll check my inbox, I'll work with the engineers, I'll meet with them. Then New York will come in and naturally the afternoon will get a lot busier because you end up having internal meetings with the engineering teams in New York that you might not have been able to catch up with yet. And then I also have a team of other product managers I work with. So it's a lot of us sitting and collaborating and brainstorming on things that you know, we might want to, to develop as well strategically. Tell us a little bit about living abroad and thinking about the cultural competencies that you had to develop being in a different culture than here in the United States. So my first year, I will be perfectly honest, was, was a bit tough. 
you'd be surprised because people say, well, it's London. It's, you know, you don't have to deal with some of the challenges of living in a country that doesn't speak English, for instance, et cetera. So it might be easier to acclimate. But the transition was tough because I'm somebody who's very close to my family. I'm very, I was very used to living in New York. I had kind of a certain lifestyle. I had my, my friendships there, et cetera. So I left all of that behind. So I think the biggest adjustment was, you know, not really knowing many people in the city and having to try to just familiarize yourself with just a new place, you know, trying to figure out even small things like what are my go-to takeaways <laughs> if I want delivery, you know, if I want delivery, you take those things, kind of things for granted. Like, you know, you don't have your favorite Chinese shop around the corner that you can go and, and grab food from. I think also, you know, just meeting new people and establishing, you know, those, those friendships that um, you would have otherwise had where I used to live. So I would say that was probably the most challenging. But at the same time, I think I've learned a lot about myself. I've learned a lot more about the world by exposing myself to different cultures. The greatest advantage of living in London is proximity to other countries. It's just so easy to get on a plane within one or two hours, you're in another country, different language, different culture. You know, you can, you just learn so much more by being near these amazing places that you can always travel to. So that's something that's been really rewarding for me. More importantly, this is where I, I eventually met my husband after about a year and a half of living here. So congratulations. I didn't know that. That's great news. Thank you. Yeah. So that's, that's something else that's come out of the experience. Fantastic. That's so nice, Malia, because I am an international student from China. So like all the things you just said was like so relatable to my experience at NYU. I'm wondering, like you said that there was like a lot of skill sets that you learned from the art experience. Were those helpful when you were trying to like overcome all the challenges when you were working in a foreign country? 100%. I mean, when I moved over, I, I wasn't always a product manager. I actually have, have had a little bit of a unique career path within Bloomberg, the company I work for. I pursued, within a year of, of joining the company, I pursued a management position. And a lot of that is attributed to my experience and the skills that I acquired as an RA. Managing a team is about motivating people, you know, making sure you're encouraging collaboration. There is a lot of conflict resolution sometimes, especially if people within your team aren't getting on or if there's internal issues that you're trying to sort through. You're also having to deal with time management, having to constantly prioritize things as well and try to figure out, you know, what is something that is more time sensitive versus something that's probably more important but less time sensitive, et cetera. And I think my experience as an RA taught me, you know, how to work really well with people, how to adapt. You're going to deal with all different types of personalities. So when you're managing, you have to be a little bit of a chameleon and have to adapt to different scenarios, different situations and different people as you're interacting and working with them to get the most out of them, obviously, the best out of them. So you need to be able to recognize some of their strengths and weaknesses as well. So I think the interpersonal skills that you get as an RA is something you can easily transfer into any type of position you, you pursue. And that's regardless of any city that you live or work in as well. Tell us a little bit about the um, the whole issues that may be facing financial industries today around the world, especially global industry? What I am, I'm finding from my experiences is there's a lot more focus on regulation, on compliance, on transparency. You know, I think if anything from the 2008 crisis, what that taught people is, is that we need to probably be more thoughtful about or at least talk to the markets that they need to be 
more transparent and more thoughtful about how they're conducting their business so that we can prevent any sort of recurrence in the future. So I'm seeing there's a huge impact on technology when it comes to regulation, you know, because that is opening up opportunities and it's challenging people to figure out what are the different solutions that people need to build to comply with those regulations, but at the same time, obviously, be able to conduct their business. Technology itself is moving at such a fast pace that within the financial markets, you're seeing a lot more focus and emphasis on automation. And you're seeing growing trends around reducing costs. So what that ends up sometimes meaning is, you know, people might end up being let go and and the people who are left end up having to focus on more. So people might have to, if they're in a client servicing industry or a client servicing role, they might end up having to deal with more clients and more products than they did before. There's more pressure. There's more demands around that due to the the shift in in priorities within the financial markets. Overall, there's more focus on technology and a lot more focus on regulation and transparency on high level. Going off from that, Malia, I'm like curious for RAs like me who are interested to become a product manager in industry like fintech, is there anything that you would recommend or provide advice as in like what kind of major or what kind of skill set would be um, necessary to be equipped for a position like product manager? You need to have passion to learn new things to keep up with you know, the nuances of such a fast-paced environment. You know, with a product management role, you're always going to have to, obviously, you have to be cognizant of what your competition is doing because you want to remain competitive, but not too much because you also want to be innovative and you want to remain creative and you want to continue to think outside the box and come up with unique solutions that are going to differentiate you and the company you work for. There's no harm in doing courses, you know, your spare time on things like, you know, it depends on what sort of products you would want to focus on. For me, there's a lot of focus right now on natural language processing and machine learning because, you know, as I mentioned, there's a lot more demand for automation. So I know that there are lots of courses out there that people can take to kind of brush up on that stuff. And, you know, you can obviously develop your knowledge with, you know, the Internet. I mean, the Internet's the most amazing, accessible resource you have. So those are just a few things I would do. And, and also just speak to people. There are people who can act as mentors or people who have had similar experiences or are in the roles that you are pursuing. I would definitely encourage you to reach out to them because they can tell you what to expect and give you a bit of advice on how to prepare. Malia, what do you read or listen to or how do you gain your information about industry or just things you're curious about? I'm very fortunate because I I work for a company that offers courses and even the people that work there, you know, we have a diverse set of backgrounds and experiences. So you'll have people who have come from other companies with all this experience and usually speaking to them on a day-to-day basis. I learned so much. The engineers that I work with are incredibly intelligent as well. The way that they, they think about things it's incredible. And they will challenge you. And if you have an idea, you'll have a thought or anything like that, they'll they'll say, okay, but what about in this situation, right? So they'll make you think about it from a different perspective. So I think the people that I work with and just the resources that my company offer give me access to all of that information that I need. Excellent. Yeah. Thank you, Malia. I feel those insights are so amazing for an RAS school like me to hear. And I'm also wondering, are you still like staying in contact with any other RA alums? If so, if is there like anyone specifically that you want to give like big shout out to? 
Oh, can I give a shout out to a few? <laughs> yes, many sure. as you want. Okay, I don't want to leave anyone out, but I do absolutely keep in touch with all the, the staff that I worked with. My my cousin Anjum Anwala, I have to shout out to her. She was an RA as well. I'd like to think I inspired her because she's a year younger than me. So <laughs> I'd like to take her. <laughs> she's been on the podcast, you know. I know she is. She told me. She's great. <laughs> And so Brian Paroli, he lives in Paris now in France, but he was in London for a while and, and we were able to sync up and it's such a small world. It's amazing to see like not only that I can keep in touch with people from abroad, but I have people that are actually here in Europe as well with me. John Carrion as well, super close with him. I keep in touch with him regularly. Joanna Champion, I have to give a shout out to. Megan McCormick, she was actually one of my bridesmaids. She's, she's one of my closest friends and she's somebody that I really, really relied on a lot when I was in RA as well for support. Lizzie Tadish, Billy Caceres, Mike Nappy, and then of course, Katrina Lee, John Kazaskis, and Chris Stippick. You got a, a cheering crowd there. You superstars. <laughs> I mean, superstar people. Uh, it's time for speed round. Let's uh, jump into some questions. Um, I think you had a yes to this. Did you go abroad? I did. I lived in Spain for about six months, my second year of college. And did you have a part-time job while you were at NYU? I did. I worked at the School of Continuing Professional uh, Studies in the admissions office. Best dining hall? Oh, Kimmel Center, for sure. Obviously after Hayden, after Hayden, but Kimmel, yeah. <laughs> a Broadway show you went to see as a student? Oh, most memorable was, it was Man of La Mancha. First year of school, we had to read Don Quixote the summer before. And they took us to the Broadway show. And I'm so sad that it's off Broadway now, but it was one of the most amazing shows I've ever seen. Brian Michael Stokes, I believe, was the lead in that. Yep, he, exactly. He's got one of the most amazing voices. What was your most memorable RA experience? So I don't know if any of my other colleagues had, had mentioned this, but for me, it was the second year I was an RA. We surprised Don, Chris, and Katrina at the Hayden Talent Show the annual talent show. And what we decided to do was the rendition of one of the, I don't know if you guys have heard of High School Musical. I remember mm -hmm. you doing but, this. I saw you do yes, it. Yes. <laughs> yes. It was a Disney movie. And I remember when we were asked to practice the choreography for it, I did not know what I had gotten myself into. But it was not only, we pulled it off, but it was the most memorable experiences. It's on YouTube. I still, to this day, remember yeah, I will still once in a while go on and just see if the video is still up. You have to you have to see it if you haven't. It is that is probably the most fun and memorable experience that I had as an RA. I, I will link you. it to the announcement of the podcast too. I think a lot of people Please will get a kick do. out of it. I will do that. I remember <laughs> you you did it during the January training for us all too. I remember that yes. moment. Yes. That's a great memory. Yeah, Malia, thank you so much for spending this wonderful time with Tommy and I to discuss your journey and where your life after NYU has taken you to. As always, thanks to our listeners who can stay connected with NYU RA alums who are living a Dream School alumni version of life. Malia, thank you so much. You have done great work. We're proud of you as an NYU alum, that's for sure. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Absolutely. Special thanks to my engineer, Juliana Fonseco Alesso, and to the current professional staff and alums of NYU, like Katrina and Chris and John, who assisted these great RAs like Malia in skill acquisition along the way. If you like the show, look for more content on the website. And if you want to know RA's favorite books, go to whatthey'reading.blogspot.com. Until next time, 
take risks, see the world, and make it a better place to live.